I gotta feed the streets, my pistol gon' bleed the streets Ski mask on my face, sometimes you gotta cheat To stay ahead in this bitch, y'all Drink surf like it's liquor Street life, I have you catching up to God quicker Stick off, AK-40 to your lip off Let the chopper bang on you like a blood or a crip Flip off, so much bread, I'm a gymnast Made so much money off the dumbest, off the dumbest Yeah, gang All right, let's get into it. Oh, baby. It's time. It's finally upon us. I can't believe it. Folks, it is Thursday the 24th of March 2022. By the time this comes out, recording this very late on Wednesday evening, uh, we're going to be getting this out just before... Liazzurri's match against Macedonia or North Macedonia as they're uh, now legally referred to because some Greek people um, thought that Alexander the Great was uh, Greek. What was that? What was that whole thing about? The Greeks and the Macedonians both wanted to claim Alexander the Great or some shit. The Greeks thought Macedonia was part of Greece. So they wanted the they wanted the legal Republic of Macedonia to be distinguished from the rest of Macedonia, which was in Greece. North Macedonia is what it's now called. I mean, hopefully, none of this will matter by the time you're listening to this. If you're listening to this a day late, hopefully we'll have won the match and we will have moved on to the final boss. Man, this feels wild, though. I'm not going to lie. First off, this is going to be a bit more of an X's and O's pod than pods past, I think. We'll talk primarily about the World Cup qualifier, man. And, you know, I think it's probably what you guys are all starving for right now. It's the only thing I really want to talk about right now. And I'm not in as playful a mood. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm, I'm a little bit fucking nervous. Um, but I have been for a few months now. It feels wild that it's even gotten to this point. But, you know, that's been said to death. I do think that we'll probably qualify. I think we've got a good shot of doing so, man. Obviously, you don't want to overlook anyone, but Macedonia should be the afterthought here. We got to just go out, do what we're supposed to do, and just the side, I mean, pretty much any side that we could possibly field should, should take care of business. The issue comes next week. Um, so look, regardless of what happens uh, today, because it is game day. Again, by the time this podcast is up, if you if you guys are listening to it the day that it is up, it will be fucking game day. Whatever happens then, uh, the next pod will be after the final result uh, next week. So hopefully we'll, we'll cruise through Macedonia and then we'll have a big fucking game next Tuesday, the 29th, and the following pod next week will be in the in the aftermath and that's it it'll be a very uh a very depressed one or a, or a euphoric one one or the other we might have to play gloria if we qualify i'm just saying you know i don't know i don't know if it qualifies for i don't know if uh just making a world cup qualifies for gloria being played but it is going to be a triumphant pod if we do win the next two matches so maybe it will be in order we'll see we'll see what the vibe is like but regardless welcome to episode number 164 of the 
Kalto Podcast, Sam Adamo coming at you. Episodes coming at you a little later this week again. Wednesday-ish, you know, Wednesday-ish pods. Oh, fuck. So we've got to talk about the call-ups and what we can expect here. Because we've got a few key injuries going into this match. And um, it looks like, according to reports anyway, it looks like we're not going to be actually taking many crazy risks uh, out the gate. It looks like, based on what's being reported, the starters are going to be pretty much all guys that were part of the setup for the Euro. Now, I would submit to you that while I'm sure it's still a pretty fun group of guys to go out to dinner with, based on the fact that a lot of the same players from the Euro are still involved and they're all really tight, bro, I'm not so sure about this whole morale thing anymore. You know, I think there were a couple of moments that made me panic a little bit where I thought, fuck, I think he might be scrapping the entire playbook. He being Mancini, il mister, Roberto Mancini. Uh, namely, the fact that he called up Balotelli at the end of February. The thinking there was, okay, well, he's just, you know, he's got to be a lock. He's, he's surely going to be getting called up now. Well, he got omitted. Joao Pedro was taken instead. Uh, Mancini came out, said he was more versatile. It, it looks like, if I had to guess... It looks like Ciro Immobile is going to start as a punto, as the number nine. Um, and it seems like it'll probably be like Scamacca who comes off the bench, who might be plan B. That would be what I would do anyway. I mean, I think Scamacca has looked a little bit more confident than Gallo Belotti lately. So I think he might just be more confident in Scamacca's ability to lead the line. Fair play, you know. The thing with Balotelli is it always becomes a fucking circus whenever he comes around. But then there's that other thing where he has that, like, that fucking it factor, you know. I think I've said, I don't know if I said this before on the pod, but he's like that toxic ex-boyfriend. You know, there's this weird toxic relationship between Italians and Balotelli where, you know, we're very clearly probably better off without him. Life is a little bit more chill, you know. We're able to focus on ourselves without him, you know. He makes it all about him, or it all becomes about him, whether he wants it or not, you know. But we still miss him. We still long for him. You know, there's that je ne sais quoi that he offers that a lot of people still are pushing for. But, like, bro, I mean, at this point, fuck, it it does feel a little bit wild to be calling for him saying he's the solution. I mean, he on his own isn't going to do a whole lot. Like, the problem with Immobile has always been with La Nazionale, he's isolated in ways that he's not at Lazio, and I mean, I know he plays, he has played with wingers at Lazio even this season under Sarri, but like usually he's had the most success when he's been able to play off of a guy, and I was thinking about this, and it goes back to the days where he was scoring goals for fun at Torino, where he was playing with Alessio Cerci, and at Lazio he's had Luis Alberto and more recently, Mattia Zaccagni to play off of. And I really liked the idea of fucking taking Mattia Zaccagni. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry. <coughs> Mattia Zaccagni. <coughs> yeah. I really like the idea of him getting called up and maybe even getting the start out the get-go because he's looked incredible in Serie A this year in the Lega. He's he's really, like, taken, I, I guess, I, 
I was going to say he took a jump up from last year, but even then he, he, he had been playing pretty well at Hellas Verona for a while and was kind of the main protagonist there. But I mean, he's kind of continued the same momentum, the same energy at a more important club with bigger players, and he was able to link up with uh, many of them, and it seems to have helped him out a lot. Um, he's been clinical at times. He's been smart. He's been creative. I, I've liked him a lot. I really have. So I was convinced that he was probably going to play with Immobile like from the first minute and the idea was you know maybe you still roll with the guy who scores the most goals in Italy but you get you, I mean you give him a guy that plays with him you know, you know I don't know that that plays um in a way that complements him it seems that might be like a plan b or c now here's the thing this is all speculative I don't know dick but also like the team isn't even it's not even clear who's going to be on the bench. Zaccani might even, might not even be on the bench. Now, funnily enough, it'll probably be... It looks like Zaniolo is almost guaranteed a spot on the bench. Especially since Federico Chiesa is out uh, injured. But, I mean, fucking Zaniolo... So, Zaniolo and Zaccani... I mean, just... Oh, dog. I mean, when you want to talk about that team morale getting totally fucked. How's this? Uh, Chiara Nasti's pregnant. Apparently, <laughs> Mattia Zaccani knocked her up. Uh, they've been together for what less than a year, I think now. So Zaniolo's ex, who dumped Zaniolo after it came out that Zaniolo knocked up his own ex. Well, she went and got with Zaccani, who plays for Lazio now. So Roma and Lazio, two different fucking, two different fucking sides of the Derby della Capitale. Stars on each team, both Z-men. Um, I mean, they, 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 it's weird, right? You know, Zaniolo hit it first. Zaccani's hitting it now, knocked her up. Which one should be more jealous? Weird fucking toxic environment, I would only assume. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I brought to you guys uh, a story that I'd read in the Corriere dello Sport, which was that Roberto Mancini had met with a couple of players based out of Rome. He kind of put the Roma-Lazio differences aside. And, uh, you know, he said, listen, I, I need a little sit down with you guys and we're going to have a little chat about what we might expect in the next couple of weeks. So he invited... Immobile Zaccani, Cristante, Lorenzo Pellegrini. I think Gianluca Mancini might have been there too. Dude, somehow I, I mean, this this slipped me, this this passed me by, this slipped my mind. Um, or like the version of the article that I read, the translate, the translated summarized version on Football Italia, didn't. I think it might have been, I might have been Football Italia, didn't mention that Nicolò Zagnolo was at that same fucking meeting. I double-checked. The Corriere article in Italian actually did discuss it. I'm so pissed that I missed that, bro. Because that's huge. He brought them together. It's like when you fucking have the meeting of the five families in The Godfather. And, you know, they want to put their differences aside and they want to end the war. Like, I mean, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. If Roberto Mancini wants to fucking play that role... You know, play mediator. Now, did it even come up? I don't know. That would have been a weird fucking lunch. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. I mean, here's the thing. Like, she probably thinks that Zaniolo's a piece of shit. Because usually, I mean, usually you wind up thinking that your ex-boyfriend is a piece of shit. It's one thing I've noticed with girls. So she's probably told Zaccani shit about Zaniolo. That probably doesn't make Zaccani too hot on Zaniolo. Now he has to fucking sit across the table from this guy with a smug face. He has a very punchable face. I'll admit, like, if you're, if you're not hot on him, 
already. I mean, you 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 really want to fucking clock that guy in the face. I could totally see it. He's got a really punchable face. It's just he's one of those guys. It's just one of those things Daniolo does. But yeah, dog. Like I, as soon as I as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, you know what? This actually bodes well. It means that there's probably. You know, there's probably been some kind of, like, reconciliation here. Like, Mancini's not stupid. He must know what's going on. He's probably like, listen, I need both of you. You guys can play off of different wings, and you play very similar roles. I like you both. I want you both in the picture. You're both playing pretty well right now. You're both fucking in. Settle this shit. Because it's not as important as the task at hand. So, we'll see what happens. We'll see who winds up actually playing. I mean, by the time you listen to this, the game might have already fucking probably happened, and it'll be fun to listen back and you know, point out how wrong I was, Skamaka probably won't even play, Belotti will come off the bench, we'll win 1-0, and that'll be that, you know, and it'll be a penalty that God knows who takes it, fuck at this point, I, I don't know if Jorginho takes it, I wouldn't fucking make that guy take a penalty for Italy ever again, uh, if we have the choice, I mean, just, I mean, to be honest, the reason that we're in this position is because he missed two penalties against Switzerland, in qualification on two separate occasions in two separate matches. Now, Bonucci is probably going to be hurt and is going to be out for this match. Looks like Bonucci and Chiellini are both going to be hurt and aren't going to be fit. Uh, Spinazzola is still out, didn't get called up. Di Lorenzo had to drop out. So that's the entire back line who started um, pretty much throughout the Euro uh, gone. So Florenzi is probably going to get the start out the goal. Emerson Palmieri will also... Federico Bernardeschi is not there, kind of not really super fit right now. Mancini made the decision not to bring him, you know, but, but otherwise, like, I mean, otherwise, though, it's pretty much the same group, pretty much the same group from the Euro, right, among the guys that are healthy. So, uh, like, the same midfield is what we'll probably see, bro, Barella, Verratti, Giorginio. I don't think we're going to see a lot of reinvention of the wheel here. You know, the one thing that you might have to look out for now is the fact that Lorenzo Pellegrini, I don't know if I mentioned him, he was he was obviously at, you know, the fucking meeting in Rome too. I don't know if I mentioned his name before, I don't remember. He'll be I mean, he'll be he'll be a key figure for sure. He'll probably be one of the first ones off the bench. I'm looking forward to seeing who gets on the bench. Is it Tonali, is it Sensi? Depends what Mancho's trying to do, bro. I I just think frankly, it's going to come down to the same sort of protagonists, you know, Domenico Berardi is looking likely to get the start on the right, I don't think we're reinventing the wheel here, bro, we're just hoping that it gets us by this first fucking game, and then we'll see, we'll have to see, but I really, I am convinced, man, we're gonna see more of the same, there's not gonna be a ton of, there's not gonna be a ton of new experimenting here, because, I mean, you can't really afford it, and the fact is, it's kind of a circumstantial thing now as to like why we're not qualified. It's not like we really shat the bed. We, off of a Euro hangover, were a little bit slow uh, out the gate in qualifying in September. That's it. If we had beat Switzerland in Switzerland, I mean, we wouldn't be having this conversation. You know, but look, look you know what? Like, I've been fucking nervous for months now, but I've been thinking about this. Like, if I could have had the choice, if I would have been given the choice on, you know, July 11th last year, uh, you could win the Euro, but you won't qualify for the World Cup again. It'll be 12 years without a World Cup. Or you could lose today and you will qualify for the World Cup. Then whatever happens, happens at the World Cup. Which one are you taking? I'm probably taking win the Euro and miss the World Cup. I thought about that before and I wasn't sure what I would have answered. I think I'm winning the Euro. The point is, these guys have you know given us a, a fucking lot of joy in the last year. Okay, We've won 
two titles in 15 years. That's great. We still have a chance of making this World Cup. Shouldn't have come to this point, but on paper, we're the best team in this, you know, in this this four-team bracket of Macedonia, Portugal, and Turkey. Now, Portugal are also missing a bunch of fucking defenders right now. Ruben Dias. I think Joao Cancelo is also hurt. I think Pepe might be hurt also. And I think Renato Sanchez. I think Renato, I think Renato Sanchez might be out as well. So, look, we'll see. If Portugal does beat Turkey, uh, I, I don't know that I love the idea of having to face Cristiano Ronaldo in Portugal. A hungry Cristiano who's playing for his legacy, who wants to f- go to another World Cup and doesn't want to have to wait till he's, you know, 41 to go to a World Cup next. And don't think he won't try if he fails to make it this year. Don't think he won't try even if he does make it this year. But, bro, I'm convinced. I was thinking about it, man. I think fucking FIFA want Ronaldo there more than they want Italy. I mean, it's a nightmare of a situation to have to pick between one of the two for FIFA just for business. The Middle Easterns love Italy. There's a bunch of Italians abroad. Uh, you know, there's a huge diaspora. They, you know, they have fucking four World Cups, man. I mean, it's, 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 it's a country that people like to watch during the World Cup. Italy, Argentina, Brazil, whatever. Um, the Dutch. It's not good for business if Italy makes it, but I think it's worse for business if Ronaldo doesn't make it. And I, I'm, I don't like that. I, you know, I, I wouldn't put it past FIFA to give the ref an assignment and say, hey, listen, you've got you, you've to you've kind of help us out here. Ultimately, we want Ronaldo there before, you know, more than we want Italy to be there. So if you, could skew, if you could skew the deck a little bit in Portugal's favor, go for it. I'm not convinced, man. I think we're going to have to do it all ourselves. I think it's going to be really fucking tough. We're going to be up against it. But you know, at this point, let's uh, let's you know, let's, let's hope that sport can give us some things to cheer about in the next week, bro. I mean, that's that's all this is. If you're listening to this pod right now, we have either gone out to Macedonia, which is chaos, or you're you know, we're we're right in that window of a couple of days between the Macedonia game and whoever the hell we're gonna play between Portugal and Turkey, and you're nervous like I am. We will fucking see. Now look. We'll see what happens in the Macedonia game. Something crazy might fucking happen. Maybe we advance, but someone gets injured. Then I don't goddamn know, uh, you know, if, if that shapes the, uh, the, 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 the landscape going into the final match. But, I mean, there's not much more we could fucking do right now. The team he called up makes sense. You know, he has the pick of, like, Politano and, and Biragi and, 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 you know. Scamacca, Raspadori, guys who have done well. But at the end of the day, he's probably not going to go with any of them. He's just going to stick with the guys for two fucking games that he knows. And then if and when we qualify, that's when experimentation will occur. I'm convinced of that. You know, like he called up on merit, but he also, I mean, he also kind of stuck with the same core. That's pretty clear. So, you know, people that are freaking out over the fact that Davide Calabria got omitted. Who gives a fuck, man? Who gives a shit at this point? Like, like, we just need guys who've played in major tournaments. Florenzi has done that. Let the experienced guys go out and try to close this shit out. Two fucking games. It bashed. You know, I'm hoping that Gianluca Vialli can give them another couple of speeches. I don't know if he's still with the team. I think, ah, fucking poor guy. I think he's still, I think he's still battling cancer. I don't know if he's with the group at the moment. But, you know, Daniele De Rossi was there four years ago, and he's a coach now. He was there four years ago when, when fucking Giampiero Ventura tried to send him on. He knows what that whole chaos was like and that whole nightmare. You know, 
I, I think there's a lot riding on it, but I also think the group has shown resiliency before just by winning a fucking major tournament, dog. So, like, as much as we fuck around and say that, yeah, okay, like, there are some there are some new there's some new faces that that may kind of compromise the the vibe. Ultimately, the key players from that tournament are going to be the ones that are relied upon, and their vibe is probably still the same. And they, you know, they, they have a good rapport. It seems with Daniel De Rossi, they obviously all look up to him because of what he was and what he did. But in this case in particular, he has, I mean, a very personal first-hand account that he could <laughs> that, that he could share with the guys and fucking remind them, hey, go out and leave it all out on the field, man. Like, go out and, 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 and die for this. We can't go 12 years without a World Cup. Like, damn right there's pressure. Put the pressure on them. Let that fuel them. There's, it's the only way, right? It's naive to say, oh, it's just another game, lads. Fuck off. It's not. It's huge, man. It's fucking huge. It's a big goddamn deal. And when we qualify, it's going to be satisfying, bro. That's it. So we'll, we'll, see, uh, we'll see how this next, these next couple days go now. And, and uh, we'll, 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 whatever will be, will be, man. You know, I, I was debating whether or not I should wait till after the Macedonia game to pot, and I was like, you know what, it's too high risk. What if the, what if it's a stupid game? What if something terrible happens? I'm just going to put this out because I, 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 listen, whatever I say now will apply for the next few fucking days. We will report back on both matches next week, assuming we play both matches. We'll actually talk about them and how they went and all that good stuff, and, and, and yeah, man, I'm really looking forward to that shit. Uh, it was a really exciting weekend otherwise, though. I mean, it's, so, it's kind of a shame that we can't talk more about some of the things that have been going on in Italian football because this is kind of taking precedent right now, the big game in Palermo today. Uh, but, I mean, look, some crazy news. I mean, Inter dropped points again. Um, it, it really opened up the door for Milan and Napoli to, 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 to kind of go toe-to-toe into the final uh, 10 games of the season. And, and Juve, I mean, they don't look totally out of it right now. They really don't. I mean, they beat Salernitana the weekend as they should have, but what's really big is that they're going to be playing against Inter next Serie A round, straight back from the World Cup qualifiers uh, right after the international break. So that's probably going to be the eliminator for one of the two teams in the title race. I mean, I think you could pretty much say straight up, whichever team loses, I mean, their title chances are pretty much toast. And right now, both teams have a bit of an outside chance. It's looking a little bit more difficult. If they tie and they take points off each other, I mean, they could they could effectively both be done. So, I mean, that's a really huge fucking game. Hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully it'll be after a really triumphant Italian international break so that, you know, we can go into the last stretch of the season here really excited about that. And, uh, and yeah, man, but they, they've, I mean, look, Inter, I think since February have lost like, excuse me, have dropped points in like six of seven games or in five of six games. I'm not sure. I was checking it earlier today, but I was mind blown. They've won one in their last six or seven. And, you know, it's it's the only reason why they're in the position that they're in right now. Is I mean, they, they've, they've, totally, they've totally bungled it. And frankly, you could say whatever you want about Juve and their Champions League shitting of the bed. But, I mean, they've, they've really clawed their way back into the ship now, man. And if they get a big win against Inter and if one of Milan or Napoli could drop points, it becomes really fucking interesting now heading into the last little stretch of the season. But um, I mean, the the biggest news at Juve right now isn't I mean isn't to do with the fact that they've done well recently. It's to do with what's coming in the future, and that's the fact that Paulo Dybala is gone. Now, dude, this is big because I mean, first of all, this is insane. 
it's insane that it's even gotten to this point. Like, there have been talks about Pablo Dybala's contract renewal for over a year now. Now, I've, I've kind of come to this conclusion. If a player wants to sign at all costs, he pretty much will. He's going to make concessions. Now, the same thing can be said about Frank Kessier, who's leaving Milan now on a free for Barcelona. The second year in a row that that happens at Milan, by the way. Donnarumma last year, now Kessier. They're two most important players, you could argue. They're two most valuable players, I think you could definitely say. Now, that's fucking not good, man. It's really bad whenever this happens. It's bad for business. Even when Juve does it, I get that Paulo Dybala was signed a while ago. He was signed for 40 million euro, which isn't that much in the grand scheme of things when you're going to have a guy for seven years in, you know, in today's terms, how much you pay for players. I get it, okay? But you could have still sold him and made a lot of fucking cash on the books. But, but, but I think the biggest thing is, like, if you bungle a contract negotiation, you better get your answer sooner. You really need to get the answer before a transfer window because otherwise you're in a position where you have to let a guy go 4-0 in order to not uh, be forced to pay him an exorbitant contract just to not lose him 4-0. You know what I mean? Like Juve, I think we're offering Paulo Dybala like 11 million euro a season. And I think they basically rescinded the offer because of the year he's had and the injuries he's had and the fact that they've no longer been convinced. So he was asking for more money. He was asking for like 15. They were offering him 11. They now came back to the table after rescinding their offer and said, we'll give you six. <laughs> we'll give you six. And he said respectfully, no. Now, apparently, Dybala's camp was floored. Apparently, his agent is a fucking retard. Apparently, his agent is like someone from his entourage, which is, I mean, listen, there's a reason why they called Eric Pizza Boy on entourage, right? There was a reason why he wasn't especially respected by Ari Gold, for Christ's sake. I mean, I get it, you know? I get it. You trust the guy that you know from your, your fucking town, your family, your cousin. It's not the smart move, though, man. Ultimately, you wind up getting a fucking guy who's basically as qualified as any other schmuck from the cafe, Who's negotiating your contract with Juve? Now, I get it. Anyone can negotiate a contract. All you're doing is explicitly saying these are the demands. That's about it. Now, if you're a bro agent, which I think is what Dybala has. I forget the guy's name. I think it's Atun, which I think means tuna, which is incredible. But like, if you have a guy like that, all you're getting is you're just getting a guy who's fucking rolling into meetings, who has one client, who's happy to be there. You know, It's his living, his 5% of Dybala's contract. And he, he, he's not comparing. Uh, and you could make the same case about Wanda and why she was a nightmare uh, of an agent. Uh, I mean, she still is, but I think you could make a case why she was a fucking nightmare for Inter to deal with in contract negotiations. She doesn't care, just like Dybala's agent doesn't care about comparable rates that other players have gotten. They're just concerned about what they want. They're not doing research. They're not studying nuance of other contracts, probably as well as other agents who have multiple clients are doing. Just a fact. So, I mean, yeah. Listen, if Paulo Dybala wanted to resign for Juve, his agent cost it, it seems. Now, then there's the other, there's the other, you know, point of view you could take, which is if he really wanted it, he would have made it happen. That's what a lot of people said about Donnarumma is that he was kind of letting his agent Minoraiola take the fall for him last year when in reality, Donnarumma, Donnarumma himself probably said, listen, I just want to get as much money as possible, so I'm only going to take this and if they don't offer me that, refuse it. 
and then the agent goes out and he's the one who has to take the fall and look like a piece of shit. But, you know, they still speak for the player. So now there's, you know, rumors about where Dybala might go next. Some people are saying he might go to Inter. I don't think that'll happen. Um, structurally, I don't know where he fits into that team. I think he probably goes to the Premier League or to Spain. Um, I, I do. Now, in theory, I don't really give a shit where he goes. He can go to any other side in Serie A. Yeah, in theory, I think he'll strengthen them. But I'm not really worried about that. It's more the fact that I think it just wouldn't have been smart to sign him, bro. He's 28. He'll be 29 this year. So Farhad from Turin Giants actually has a really... I think he has a really good... It's a very deeply thought out point on this. He says that Paulo Dybala being handsome gives him more slack of a leash. I believe that. I really do. Because if he was fucking... If he was bald, if Paulo Dybala was bald and... Uh, looked his age and was grizzled, you know, had gray in his beard a little bit. It's, you know, I'm kind of painting a bit of a dramatic picture of the guy. He's 28, he's not fucking 38, but even still. Like, if he if he wasn't a pretty boy, if he dressed like shit, if he wasn't dating a supermodel, I wonder if you'd be willing to give him the slack as a fan as Juve have done over the past couple years. I seriously mean that. Like, because kids love him because he's, you know, he's he's... He was the face of the club for a while. He's number 10. He's, he's not number 31. I think you just subconsciously, naturally give a guy like that more, more of a, you know, again, more of a slack leash, more leeway. But the fact is, he, he's missed a bunch of key games in the Champions League, and he, he's only really had flashes of brilliance. It's not been consistent dominance. He's had a couple of seasons where he's been so injured that he barely even got into double-digit goals, or didn't even, I think, in, on a couple of occasions. That's not good. You know, so what are you going to pay that guy a fuck ton of money for the next five years? Fuck that. Walk, move on. You know what I mean? Just that you develop these, 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 these emotional, psychological attachments to players. Got to cut the cord. I think that's what they've done. I think it's a good move. You know, unfortunately, it was a tough decision, but it had to be made. Fuck it. Fuck it, bro. You know, but like Frank Kessie, I think they really fucked that up in Milan. That's not the same thing. I think they, you know, listen, at the end of the day, the player does what he wants, but they should have tried. And again, maybe they did try. Maybe they tried to. Maybe they tried to get an answer from him. Maybe he lied. Maybe he was a piece of shit. Maybe he changed his mind. Maybe he flip flopped. Maybe he was African about it. If you know what I mean, no disrespect. You know what I fucking mean, right? Like, uh, you know, I you know what I mean, right? Maybe you don't. I don't know. You ever met like a Cameroonian guy or an Ivorian guy or a Senegalese guy? They're very like the the, the French speaking Africans. I mean, there are a lot of things. Okay, they're cool, you know, uh, but they're, uh, how should I say, they tend to flake a lot, they're not especially, like, 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 when I think, like, when I think of Usman Dembele at Barcelona, I think of, like, a typical Senegalese guy, like, the guys, the Senegalese guys that I knew growing up, I mean, that was just, that was just, you know, they'd show up late and shit, they'd forget about meetings, they'd forget about, uh, you know, they'd forget about the fucking replying to an email from the coach, oh, my bad, you know what I mean? But they'd be a really good player, and that would kind of carry them a little bit. Who knows? Maybe Kessie is lost. I don't think that's the case. But let's take, let's say, let's say hypothetically, he's super lost. He's like, you know what? I don't really know what I want. Uh, you know, or, 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 or I don't know. Maybe, maybe his, maybe he has a fucking, a really stupid fucking agent who uh, talked him, you know, on and off the ledge a couple of times in the past few months and his position kept changing. And maybe as a result, it was hard for Milan to get an answer. Uh, you know, okay, could be. 
Maybe they thought they were more advanced in the negotiations than they were. And they rolled the dice and were like, yeah, look, I think he'll probably resign. Here they fucking are, losing him. No possibility to sell him. No bueno. No fucking bueno, man. Milan are going to keep doing this? Listen. <laughs> Listen, he, he, he's... Look. It frees up a lot of money to re... You know, to reattribute to some of the younger guys on the team that are underpaid, like Teo Hernandez, who's getting a pay bump. Um, you know, uh, Leao. But I will say, like, Frank Kessie is a big... I mean, he's going to be a big void. Uh, his departure is going to leave a big void, I should say, in the midfield at Milan. So, fuck me, bro. That's I, I'd be pissed if I were a Milan fan. Um, yeah, I, I really would. And what else? And, dude, uh, fuck, by the way, Jose Mourinho, I mean, I know we haven't done this segment for a long fucking time, but if we were still doing Hero of the Week, he would totally have to get it. Because, dude, he, I mean, he's he's the most petty. He's, he, he's the king troll. He is the king troll. He is the barometer against which... All future trolls shall be measured. Now, it has to be said, not been an easy season for Jose Mourinho. By the way, I understand this is a little bit of a strange pot if you've been listening recently, the past couple of weeks, you know, talking a lot of football, Sam. I don't know, just, I, <laughs> I don't feel in as playful a fucking mood, you know, talk about the end of the world and talk about what, the transgender swimmer uh, in, the NCAA, in the NCAA and shit, you know, what am I going to talk about? What are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about Italians having Catholic guilt. Like, I don't know. I just, there's business to take care of this week, boys. All right. We're focusing a little bit more on football. But, you know, consider this a little bit of a, a progress report on the league and some of the shit going on, I suppose. Because here's the thing if Italy lose and don't qualify for the World Cup next week, I am not going to want to discuss anything else i'm not gonna want to make jokes i'm not gonna want to talk about other fucking news in city and transfers and the title and this and that and god knows fucking what okay um so let's get this out now all right besides it'll probably be a nice little nice little break for anyone who's kind of been just obsessed with international football and uh you know the nerves of everything going on again i'm i'm, I'm hoping that i'm banking on the fact that we beat Macedonia. You're listening to this after we beat Macedonia. There's not a ton to talk about in that game. And uh, this is a nice little enjoyable listen ahead of the uh, you know, the match next week. But because it's not current and because it was recorded before the Macedonia game, there's not a whole lot you might expect me to preview uh, about the final playoff game. So with all of that said, I would like to acknowledge that Jose Mourinho's Roma side have had a weird season. They lost to Bodo Glimt, was it twice in the the conference league? They're playing them again, I think, in whatever knockout round they're they're in now. Uh, not that that matters, or not that anyone really gives a flying fuck about that. But I just remembered, like the, the fucking Bodo Glimt game, that that Norwegian side. It's been a bit of a tough season overall. Like, look, I, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to break in a top four. They've had a hard time doing that. They've drawn a number of matches. And, um, you know, Mourinho hasn't gone full Mourinho yet, which is to say he hasn't started totally throwing his players under the bus habitually every single goddamn week. But it's looked tough on him at times, should be said. But, man, did he look happy after this game. So his Roma side beat Lazio 3-0, Derby della Capitale. Season is done right there. He can mail it in now. He's good. You know, he won the big game, the big Derby, even though he was supposed to win that shit. You know, um, that that's that's good. You know what I mean? And and 
you know, Maurizio Sarri, obviously not great for him, but ultimately you could afford that shit as a Lazio coach. If you win, it makes your season. If you lose, I mean, if everything else is going all right on balance, everything's fine in the ecosystem of Lazio. So it's more of a big deal for Roma to have won than for Lazio to have lost, I think. But dude, so Mourinho posted two pictures back-to-back, two selfies, one on the bus pre-game and one (laughs) post-game in the press conference room. And he said something along the lines of, when you know that you will win the match, the bus picture and the picture after the match are very similar. And it's just him, like, fucking, (laughs) it's just like a shit-eating grin. Shit-eating grin, the same picture back-to-back, taking like a few hours apart, super close-up, not even a headshot, it's like, like kind of like a FaceTime. <laughs> if you ever, if you ever been on a FaceTime call with, uh, with, with your, with your boy or something, and he just, he just sticks the camera right up to his face when he answers the phone. That's Mourinho, <laughs> just looking right into the camera on his Instagram. It's incredible. You know, uh, you, you love to see that, man. You love to see that. He's happy. Happy Mourinho is great. Honestly, it's good for morale. It's good for the league. It's good for the world. Uh, and a bat and a sad Mourinho's just, it's a, he, he's confused. He lashes out. He's, he's a danger to everyone around him. I'm happy with it, man. I'm really happy about it. Tammy Abraham scored goals again this weekend in the match against Lazio. Huge. He looks like a real serious, complete, uh, modern number nine, man. I I like him a lot. Moves quite well. 15 goals on the season. Nine this year in 2022 so far. Second only to Lewandowski. Saw that stat via Opta. What's up? Fucking coming at you with math and shit this week. Because when I can't be funny, I just come at you with stats. I come at you with facts. But, um, like, yeah, I, I it's beautiful to see. It's really fucking cool to see a guy come from um, abroad and and do well when it's like an English guy, right? Because they, they, they don't really have forays into, into foreign leagues much, but, but it's, it's cool. I mean, you would argue that it's probably like one of the least – utilized talent pools uh that Serie A teams use English talent it's it's out there but they just don't go for it but Roma's done that with like Smalling and Abraham and I think it's great I think it's fucking cool it's probably really cool for Tammy Abraham I mean he probably feels like he's on Mars living in Rome compared to living in London but it's not like living in you know I don't know, when you play at the Stadio Olimpico, it's strange, because you get to live in a first world country, you know, you're not going all the way to Eastern Europe, but it's a stadium that kind of feels probably like a lot of Eastern European ones should, you know, then by the other, like by another token, like it's, I don't know, it's this backwards Mediterranean lifestyle that he probably lives in, that he probably gets to experience, I guess, in, in Rome to a degree, again, it's a modern fucking country, Italy is, but he's not in Milan, he's in Rome, and Rome is a little bit it's 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 it is in the middle of Italy, right? It's kind of a nice hybrid of a lot of the uh, the culture, the juxtaposition of north and south. But like a lot of the Italian stereotypes that you'd expect to see, they're there in Rome. He's seeing the madness. I think he's probably having a great fucking time. I mean, his girlfriend's probably loving it. Fuck it, you know. I, I I'm all here. I'm all for it, man. Now, I, I think he's probably good enough to get into the England squad. Uh, on the basis of his performances and just become a mainstay will he probably not you know what i mean is he gonna start for them absolutely fucking not not with harry kane there and shit but i think honestly like he's he's not an old guy he still has some padding out to do i i i think listen i think people need to realize how hard it is to score goals in italy 
Um, you know, and again, if fucking Gareth Southgate doesn't call him up, I don't give a flying fuck. This doesn't really affect me. But they'd be stupid not to. I mean, there are a number of players in Serie A who, uh, who, who Southgate has kind of overlooked uh, in the past. I mean, Smalling's one of them. Tomori, who we mentioned on the pod last week. Tomori is, is another one, 100%. Uh, I, but yeah, it's hard not to like Tammy Abraham as a, as a neutral, just appreciator of football. You know what I mean? And as a guy who's not able to do the shit he can, like it's it's beautiful to see. Um, you know, tall guy, nice build to him. Like he he he's quite lean, so he moves pretty well. But he's I mean because he's a little bit taller, he's a little bit stronger than some of the little guys that you might see playing as creative forwards. So yeah, more power to him, dog. Absolutely. Um, what else? Oh, dude, by the way, I uh, finished Gomorra last week. The lady and I began watching it during our, our first year uh, together, the first year of our relationship, and we just finished it now. I won't spoil it at all, but you guys all need to fucking watch this show, man. If any of you guys listen to this podcast and have any appreciation for my humor and my, you know, just, I don't know, just, just Italian society. I mean, I know a lot of the humor doesn't even talk about or reflect Italy much anymore. I don't really discuss them all the time, but I mean, listen, if you're a long time listener of the pod, I'm assuming that you kind of have an appreciation of some of the nuance of Italy. You'd fucking like Gomorra if you haven't seen it already. I mean, it's been ranked like one of the best foreign shows, uh, I mean, of, of, of the last decade. And, and I mean, that's no small feat. You know, TV is, there's a lot of really good TV out there now, man. But this show is so fucking unique. It's nicely, I mean, it's nicely Neapolitan. It's nicely Italian. It's got that unique flavor to it. But it, it's not like, it, it, I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's out of touch with like the foreign viewer, um, because it connects with you on a human level by revealing the humanity of the people involved. And again, like there's a movie um, that's a prequel to the fifth season that's been made. That's very good. It's a great storyline. Um, I like it a lot. So there's, there's, there's a, if you guys haven't watched it, there's a lot to consume. It's five seasons and a, you know, a fucking film. So it, I can't recommend it highly enough. Again, won't spoil it, but like, I, listen, my, my my girlfriend said something interesting, which was at the end of the series, she went to the uh, a couple of the main you know actors. Uh, Instagram pages just to kind of like get refamiliar with them, uh, to remind herself that oh the, they're actors they're real people they are not the characters that they portrayed in the show who I won't get to see anymore because the series is over, uh, and their story is you know now complete. Um, that's all I'll say. Like it's just it, you feel a real personal attachment to the characters involved. And and it's it's fucking incredible. I, I highly recommend it, dog. Um, yeah, it, it's it's funny at times too. Like just some of the uh, you know some of the behavior. It's 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 quite good. Like it's not really meant to be um, laugh out loud funny. There aren't a ton of jokes, but like some of the mannerisms are very um, are very typical of what you might see in uh, you know in in, in like. Just a, a bunch of street people in Naples, which is cool. You know, they, they have their own kind of way of doing things, their own way of speaking, their own way of behaving, and it's it, it's just fun to observe. You know what I mean? Not like fucking circus monkeys, but but like just just I don't know. It's 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 a nicely authentic uh, show. It feels very real. Um, just the people, they, they they feel very real. Like if you've ever fucking gone for a walk in that city, 
and you watch the show, you'll be like, oh, this is like just a transposition of reality into this medium. Highly fucking recommend it, guys. Look, um, I want you guys to all enjoy this fucking next this next week, okay? The, these these couple of games coming up are going to be weird. They're going to be stressful. But like, remember, this is all part of being a human being. If we lose, we're going to look back on this and it's going to hurt and it's going to be something we remember. If we win, it's going to be euphoric. There's no in between and it's going to be something we remember. And we're going to feel weird celebrating us making a World Cup. <laughs> but But I don't know. It's going to be like a nice reminder of like the fact that we shouldn't take that shit for granted and how much we miss it. You know, we don't want to go 12 years without one. Just enjoy that shit, man. Enjoy it. And, and, and you know, don't, don't, don't fucking flip out over the fact that Balotelli's not there. Okay? For Christ's sake. You know, if you're Canadian like I am, uh, you know, you're probably in the same boat as me, which is to say you're, you're having a hard time getting excited about the fact that there's this really cool local story going on now where Canada out of the blue, out of nowhere, might probably qualify for the World Cup before Italy if they can get a certain, you know, if they can get a result today. I think if they can get a point against Costa Rica. Again, by the time you're listening to this podcast, it may have already happened. I mean, that's insane. I mean, for them to qualify atop the group in CONCACAF. But like, if you're like me, bro, and I know there's a lot of Canadian listeners, there's a good number of Canadian listeners. And you know what? American listeners, which of which there are even more than Canadian have probably been able to relate to this for a while, which is to say, if you see the American national team do well, you're like, eh, you shrug, and you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. But it's not really who I identify with. Um, you know, identity is a weird thing. Um, and and football-wise, it always skews to Italy, always has. I also never really gave a shit about the Canadian men's national team because they never really were present. Um, but, like, it's really hard to get into it. It's going to be really hard for me to... Let me put it this way. If Macedonia beat Italy, I'm not going to give a flying fuck what the hell happens in the Costa Rica game with Canada, right? So I'm hoping they can both happen together. Uh, you know, be it would almost be worse, dude. It would be a fucking big, an even bigger dick slap to the face if Canada qualified and Italy didn't. That would actually make me more pissed off because I wouldn't even be able to enjoy the fact that Canada qualified. You know, and just watch it and revel in it for what it is as a as a as a you know as a Canadian sports fan. Uh, but, uh, you know, whatever, man, just let, let's see what the hell happens these, these next couple days. And again, just enjoy it. Uh, just enjoy it, bro. Just enjoy the fucking experience of getting a, you know, watch important matches again and care about it. And, you know, if we had qualified back in November, we wouldn't be getting this right now. We'd be playing some friendlies or some shit right now. And, uh, you know, instead we get to, you know, they get to make us feel good this next week. They also get to make us feel real bad or have the opportunity to, right? We'll see. Where the fuck, uh, where the fuck it goes? I think the side is motivated. I think they're gonna have the shadows of uh, four years ago kind of looming over them, but not in a way that's gonna add a ton of pressure in a negative way. I think um, it could, but I don't think it will. I think the leader at the helm is a little bit more positive, and I think there's more of this understanding that they will do it and they have to, and they're just gonna go out and complete the task. Okay, you heard it here first. Um, you know, whatever. I don't believe in that owl shit. I don't believe in speaking other shit into existence. You know, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like, like, like what? I'm a generous lover because I'm a cancer. Avangul, you know. We're going to do it because we're going to do it, and that's it. Guys, enjoy the game today, okay? We'll catch you soon next time we chat next week. It will be uh, probably, I'll probably try to bank an episode right after the uh, the Italy match, assuming we, <laughs> we, we, we could, uh, we can, uh, we can beat Macedonia, and there is a match. 
and it'll be very happy or very fucking sad. We will see. But uh, I'm looking forward to getting this whole little thing out of the way, man, so we can get back to the uh, the pot of <laughs> the pot of recent weeks, you know, goofing around and shit. But this is important. It was important that we got this shit out and that we, uh, you know, just talk it out, right? It's therapeutic. It should be anyway. So uh, much love to you all. Follow us on all platforms at uh, Cultural Podcast on TikTok, on Twitter, on Instagram. Now. I've created a Discord. I don't know if we're going to wind up using it. I'm going to kind of gauge the interest, but I've created a Discord. You guys will be able to fucking chat with me and with each other, with fellow listeners. You could talk about MMA, calcio, other soccer, other football, hockey, whatever. You know, the end of the world, politics, Italy, immigrant behavior, comedy, uh, whatever the fuck, man, TV. You know, it's going to be a free-flowing group of people that, uh, you know, that enjoy shooting the shit, right? So we're going to be able to, you know, once in a while jump on a jump on an audio call or some shit, kind of like a Twitter room, but like no holds bars and it's like more, more private. So I'd like it if, listen, like, I don't know, listen, I don't know how many people actually use Discord. That's the thing. I barely use it myself and I'm a young guy. So I'm assuming that most people that are in the same age demographic as me actually don't use Discord that much, but I'm going to push for this anyway and see if I can get a few tens of people or a few dozen I think that makes more sense. Just a few dozen people in a Discord. If we do, we have a group. We have a chat. It's fun once in a while. People could fuck around. You'll probably have like a handful of people that are more active. That's fine. Like, again, I, I, I expect a small percentage of the listeners to actually actively engage in the Discord. But if, you know, again, a few dozen do, it'd be fucking lit. So uh, I tweeted it out. Check us out at Cultural Podcast. I tweeted out the link. Um, I'll probably be continuing to share that in like in the coming days, weeks. I'll we'll try to you know, build it up a little bit, get some people in the group, and then we'll start fucking around a little bit, you know what I mean, maybe some polls, ask some questions, get some opinions on the pod, you guys want to share ideas, you could do that, you know, so stay tuned for that shit, you know, be able to share some ideas too, you guys have some high thoughts you want to, you want to spew off, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, you know, We'll, uh, we'll exchange them in the Discord. It'll be a lot of fucking fun. So stay tuned for that shit, boys. Okay, Forza Italia, Forza Azzurri. Forza Italia, not in the Berlusconi political way. Just, just Forza Italia. Viva la Repubblica. And uh, in bocca al lupo a tutti noi. Oh, and by the way, the outro this week we're going to go out to is uh, one that was featured on that Rai show. I think when the Euro squad was presented, but not really presented back in June, when like the sort of preliminary squad where they cut a few guys, but not all of the guys, like that wild show in the Ceposta per te studio. And they just, you guys remember, they played a bunch of weird fucking music and the players all sang along and it was really strange. And Bernardeschi was singing along to this shit. It was a song from Sanremo last year. It seemed to have brought them luck. So, I mean, I'll just, you know, for, for as a good omen. We'll go out to this shit this week, alright? Till next time, we'll catch you soon. Enjoy the games. Ciao. Metti un po' di musica leggera perché voglia di niente. Anzi, leggerissima. Parole senza mistero. Allegre ma non troppo. Metti un po' di musica leggera nel silenzio assordante. Per non cadere dentro al buco nero. È stato un passo da noi, da noi, più o meno Se bastasse un concerto per far nascere un fiore Tra i pa-
quasi distrutti dalle bombe 